back to another episode of Lend Me Your Ears. My name is John Caesar, and I apologize if I sound a little bit off. Uh, I am just coming down from dealing with COVID, <laughs> so that's been fun. Uh, I actually had just started feeling it when I uh, was recording last week's episode, and uh, I've spent the last week in quarantine, so that's been loads of fun. Uh, thankfully, it was pretty uh, pretty mild for me. Um, I think I had maybe three days of symptoms or so, very mild fever, a little bit of cough. I did lose my taste. God, that's been the worst part of the whole thing. I've been, uh, done with the symptoms of it really since, uh, since Monday. Um, I mean, really just now it feels like a, like I'm getting over a cold, but I don't have any taste. I don't have any smell, which has been kind of weird to say the least because I love food. But, uh, other than that, good, just a bit of a stuffy nose, so... I put off recording this as long as I could, hoping to sound better. So this is the best you're going to get. <laughs> so uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, this episode, I'm going to talk about our inspection process, right? So I'm kind of leading into uh, all of our inspections in, in some kind of order, trying to keep it in order. You know, started with the uh, the hiring process and then training and then pricing and then the phone. So, of course, the next step after that is what we actually do when we get out to a job. So that's what we're going to do today. But I want to clarify, uh, in this episode, I'm not going to tell you how to perform an inspection. Uh, There's other classes out there, people much better uh, versed than me in that. The CSIA has an entire class, or two or three classes actually dedicated to that. Uh, Bill Ryan, Mike Segerstrom, they have another fantastic class on that. I think they have a couple of them as well. Highly recommend taking those classes. Uh, If you have not ever sat through a class where somebody has spelled out for you how to do an NFPA inspection, please do it. It will change your entire business. I know it did for me because there was a long time that I I worked for somebody else. I worked for myself without knowing uh, what to do when you're out there doing an inspection. And once I started taking those classes, holy cow, not just business took off, but my knowledge, of course, expanded. I started actually knowing what I was talking about in the home. And it was then that I realized that even though we are called chimney sweeps, sweeping is the is the bottom rung for our education, for the job that we do in the field. I mean, it really is the easiest part to do. And I've, I've said that a lot. Um, our newest guys in the company are the ones that do the sweeping. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to run a brush up a chimney. Uh, a lot of homeowners do it themselves. They go out now to Home Depot. They can buy a, a rod kit and a, a small drill and sweep their own chimneys. The sweeping part is not hard, right? And uh, when I tell people that, they're like, well, I could just sweep my own chimney. Absolutely, you can. And we, we recommend it. You know, the more you sweep it, the better, right? The more you use it, the more you sweep it. But it's kind of like if you can change your own oil, does that mean you don't have to get your car inspected anymore, right? Just because you brush your teeth every night, does it mean you have to go to the dentist? No, that doesn't. that's not how that works. Even though you perform your own small maintenance daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, you still have to have a professional look at it. Why do you have to have the professional look at it? Well, the inspection. That's what's more important. So sweeping, yeah, I, it, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Sometimes they don't need it, and if they do... Uh, it's really the smallest part of the job. The inspection is really where uh, the meat and potatoes of our job comes into it. I've talked in episodes past about other companies in my own area that go out and just drop a brush, 15 minutes, boom, in and out, go to the next guy. I used to be that guy. I talked about that, right? I used to be seven to 10 appointments a day, as many as we could cram in. And then there was my fantastic day, 19 appointments in a day, 13 were swept. Wow, look how amazing I am. I had no idea the disservice I was doing to my customers because I wasn't doing an inspection. Nothing even close. I mean, it was literally go out, sweep the chimney. That was the mindset of our company. Go out and sweep it. We're sweeps first, right? And we had those triplicate, uh, the carbon copy forms, tear off this and give it to them and tear off that and keep it here. And that is the poorest excuse for an inspection out there at all, right? I know a lot of people listening probably are still using them. I used them for years. I used them for five years with my other company. And the main reason, because I didn't know anything about why or how to inspect, right? The only reason I switched was because I saw how much of a pain in the ass it was to use them, to store them, 
Uh, of course, you spill something on it, you're out there in the rain or a snowy day, the whole thing's illegible because it's just melted. Um, and then they'd fade. We'd have boxes and filing cabinets full of these things. And we'd go back to try to look them up. Somebody would call from a couple of years before, hey, I want to get my work done. We'd go try to find it. Good luck finding it if you didn't have any kind of a sorting system. But then when you did find it, it was worn. We couldn't read half of it. We're like, does that say two or flu? Like what? It was it was terrible. And uh, the guy I worked for realized that. So when he hired Jill on, one of the first jobs he gave her was to try to digitize everything, try to get everything scanned in, try to put it in some a new software system he had. And I watched how much of a pain that was. I'm like, I don't ever want to, one, deal with those things, two, store them and worry about trying to read them a year later. And then if I ever change my mind, try to put them into the computer. So no, when I started out, I was like, we're doing this 100% paperless. I'm not dealing with that. That's the only reason I stopped using them. Uh, Once I learned how to actually do an inspection, I realized how dangerous those things are, right? And really, (laughs) I've thought about it. I've thought about getting some of them because they're still out there. I can get them tomorrow if I needed to. I thought about just for funsies, let's give them to my current technicians right now, right? Just here, here's a a handful of these, go out and let's do our inspections with this. I would love to hear the calls that I would get that day. Like, where do I put the measurements? There's nowhere to put the, you know, there isn't enough room in these like 10 lines to write down all the issues and all the stuff that we have to inspect where, you know, I need more paper. Can I use the back? And like, my favorite one would be like, what does satisfactory mean? Because for those that don't know, those triplicate forms only have three sec- three boxes for each thing you're supposed to inspect. And it's satisfactory, unsatisfactory, not applicable. That's it. Satisfactory. I don't know what a satisfactory flu looks like or a satisfactory flashing or satisfactory smoke chamber. Like that's That doesn't meet our standard, the minimum standard. It doesn't meet anything. So they'd be calling me, what is, satis- is this satisfactory? Is this not? Is this applicable? <laughs> My favorite would be like, where, where are we going to add the pictures? How are we supposed to take any pictures and just give them this form? Like, How are we supposed to document anything? And they're right. And I'm sure I'd get a lot of people at the end of the day come back. My hand hurts. <laughs> That's just because they're spoiled. We use tablets and uh, computers for everything now. But yeah, those forms, use them for five years. I wouldn't use them if it was all I, I had to use. I would find another way. So if you're still using them, listen up. We're going to go over why that's bad. But when I started my company, I'm like, I don't, I just didn't want the headache. A lot of the, the policies and procedures I put in place are 100% selfish. I, I just want everything simple. That's it. I didn't want to have to deal with things. I don't like how it's hard enough to run a company. As a lot of, you know, on top of doing the actual job, now you have to figure out things like payroll and marketing and bookkeeping and, I just, there's too much to deal with to have to worry about little things like where we're going to store these pieces of paper. That was it. So a lot of the things that I've done have been strictly because I didn't want to deal with issues. That was it. So that was the first one. I'm glad I did. I was like, I don't want to deal with any paper. So we're going to go paperless. So when I started my company, I used QuickBooks. It's all I had. There was no fancy software. There was no apps or anything like that. I had QuickBooks and I was like, well, I can kind of jury rig this and make it do what I want. I did. I might as well have been using paper inspections for as as much as I actually did for an inspection with that. Um, I turned uh, QuickBooks is like an invoicing software. And that's what it was for. I would write an invoice. You know, I swept your fireplace. Call us again next year. That was pretty much all I did because I still didn't know. This is early on. It wasn't until a couple of years in that I had gone to some classes and education and I was like, wow, we are missing out here. We are way behind the eight ball. And we started looking into how to inspect better. Uh, it was at my first convention uh, that I went to in Kentucky where I went to the trade show and started talking to people. And that's when I started to b- blew my mind in so many other ways, not just uh, software, but I saw a lot of the software companies out there, uh, talked to some of them and ended up settling with House Call Pro. Uh, I think we were three years in at that point, to ha- or the company was three years old, and we've been using uh, QuickBooks. So we switched everything into this new fancy software, and it was a lot better. I could actually do my scheduling through there now. I didn't have to worry about Google Calendar, didn't have to worry about you know having two or three different apps open. I had just this one, and everything was in there. It was great, but it was still an invoicing software. It only had two, uh, I think it still only has two options to choose. And that's, are you doing a job or are you doing an estimate? That's it. 
So I still had to find a way to turn my invoicing line items into inspections. So we did. Um, and I mean, my what used to be a, a two-sentence line item uh, in QuickBooks, swept your chimney, have it swept every year, thank you very much. Now it turned into 20 lines. Now it was swept to your fireplace, and then there was a bunch of blanks I had to put in that would automatically come up every time they swept a fireplace. And it was things like measuring the hearth, measuring the, the clearances outside of it, measuring the damper, measuring the smoke chamber, the flue, the height, the width, the inside, the outside. Um, and it just kept going. And it, there was so much to inspect that my fireplace sweeping was now a 20-25 line mess that my technicians had to go into every time they swept a fireplace, go to each individual line, type in the answers for the questions I was asking, which worked until it didn't. Because then you got like fat fingering and and they would just miss entire lines and they wouldn't fill them out. Or it just, it worked until it didn't. That's all I can say about that. Uh, What it did do was it gave us the, the option now to upload pictures which we couldn't do before. We could do it with QuickBooks. It still was kind of clunky. I had some, but it was such a pain that maybe one in three inspections would have a picture attached. But now with House Call Pro, we could upload more. And we did. But both on our side and on the the customer's side, there was no rhyme or reason to the pictures. It would just kind of lump them in there uh, all together. And then you'd have to sort them out. Of course, we know we're looking at, we're looking at the inspection. We're like, what is that? We click on, Oh, okay. Right. That's the corbel. Okay. Homeowners, no idea. They just see a ton of pictures attached at the end of their PDF. And they're like, okay, there's my chimney. There's some bricks. There's a tape measure, a bunch. All right. How much did I, how much is it going to cost me? Right. That's all they saw. So it worked again until it didn't. And then we got chimspect, which was the next step up. This changed everything for us because we'd already been to all these classes, the CSIE classes, documentation, uh, inspection, report writing. We've been to Mike and Bill's class. We've just had our minds blown over and over again about what we're supposed to be looking for. I just could never make it happen with what I had with paper forms, with QuickBooks, with house call. I was just doing the best that I could out there until Jim Speck came out. Jim Ferguson has put together an amazing software because everybody was asking for it. There was nothing out there like this. Uh, and he did. He put it together, him and his brother, and it was it was mind-blowing what we could do with it. You know, we'd go in there and and click fireplace, and all of a sudden, all the questions would change based on what we're looking at. We'd say two chimneys, and all of a sudden, all the questions would change again. And it was just great. And there was places to put pictures, and it kind of led you through the inspection. It was like, okay, you went from here, now you're going to here. What you're looking for that, and take this picture, and here's this measurement. And it would do math for us. Oh, God, it would do math for us. <laughs> we didn't have to get out of it and go to the calculator and figure it out and go back in. It was just, just brilliant. So we used that. It was good. But like like you said, I, I like simplicity. I like it very easy to, to, to manage without having to worry about hurdles. The only hurdle that we had with Chimspect was the fact that now in the customer's home, we had to have our phones and our tablets open to house call to do the estimating and do the invoicing and then get out of it, go into another app, into Chimspect, fill out everything again, put the customer's information in, their phone number, their address, their name, and then put the entire inspection report together and then send both. It works. But if you forget something, if you fat finger something, if you lose progress in one or the other. It was just having the two separate apps open and having to copy paste and fill two different things out. Stuff started getting forgotten. It was bound to happen where I didn't get my inspection. I didn't get my estimate. I didn't get my invoice. My name's not spelled right. The email wasn't spelled right. And it it worked until it didn't. So then we switched again two years ago to Service Titan. Um, And I've done a lot of uh, classes and and talks about what we can do in service Titan, and it always turns into people asking me you know how do I get signed up I, I want to be clear I'm not pushing the product at all I don't get paid by them I don't get commission or anything it's just that the more I tell people what we can do with it the next question is always how do we get signed up so if that is something you're looking into I know there's a lot of uh, people have uh, opinions about it out there I happen to love it. I think it's the best software out there that you can use because it's all in one. It's that's it's the good and bad news with it is the good news is it can do everything. 
The bad news is it can do everything. So there's a lot of moving parts and you have to build the thing from scratch. It took me three months by myself designated to build this thing out. And it still wasn't right. After that, we went live and everything was buggy and it didn't work. And we pushed through it and had to redo it. It was a mess. So a lot of my consulting actually started out with me helping people do theirs and copy mine and kind of navigate it. But once you get it working, once you figure it out, once you're you're set, God, it's amazing. It does everything. We do everything in Service Titan for our company from the reporting any, number, any report I want to pull right now on sweepings or revenue or time, I can pull that report in two clicks. Uh, our payroll is done through there, our scheduling, our dispatching, our reminders, our follow-up, our commissions, and our inspections. Our inspections are done through Service Titan because they have something called forms, which is when they showed it to me, they were like, oh, yeah, you can say, you know, did the technician wear his booties and uh, was the customer home? I'm like, I'm not going to do a form for that. The more I started playing around with it, it's completely customizable. So I started building my own. I literally sat down with the NFPA 211, opened it up to the appendix and, uh, or is it annex? I probably should know that. The back. I'm tired. (laughs) I opened it up and I started going through where they list out all of the requirements of an inspection, level one, level two, and level three. And I went through and highlighted as I went, every time I put something into my inspection forms that would cover something in the NFPA 211, I highlighted it so I made sure. And now our inspection forms that we built cover everything so I can make sure that it's done. But like I said, this isn't telling you how to do an inspection. This isn't trying to sell you service Titan. This is just walking you through the process here. There are lots of other uh, uh, softwares now that can do similar things. There's Canva. You can make your own inspection forms. Uh, ServicePal is another uh, platform similar to service Titan. I'm pretty sure they have inspection form type stuff in their software There's a bunch of other ones out there. The point is, find what works for you. And I'm going to tell you, the the triplicate carbon copy ripoff forms, they're a ripoff. That's exactly what they are. Don't use those if you're using those. In no way, shape, or form do those cover what the NFPA 211 requires for an inspection. If If you're looking for something to use other than that, and you don't want to do like I did and try to make QuickBooks or your current software work and try to jury rig it, Chimspect is out there. I think even there's another one now, Bear Bear Hands Pro, I want to say. I'm not sure. Bear something. They've also come out with one as well. So there's more inspection softwares coming out. I don't need it because we built our own, but there's a ton of them out there that I would use if I had to. So if you're still using those forms, please look into one of those two. Get it, download it, use it, because if nothing else, it's going to teach you what you should actually be looking for. It'll blow your mind. You go from using one of those forms where it's like, is the cap satisfactory? No, it's not there. (laughs) So it's not satisfactory. Uh, Or it's rusted or it's broke, whatever. Like just starting going down that form, trying to do satisfactory and satisfactory and then fit everything into a little uh, paragraph handwritten going to Chimspect where it literally just spoon feeds you what to look for and does the math. And it's like, here, put in the measurements of the fireplace, put in the measurements of the flue. Ta-da! It's not the right size per this code. You're like, what? Night and day. So that's my plug. Uh, Chimspect or bare hands. But that's the reason that I'm doing this, this entire, not just this episode, but this entire podcast is because I started out doing all of the dumb things. I did made all the mistakes and tried all these things and almost burned houses down and screwed up a lot so that I can come here and tell you, hey, I've been there. I've done that. Please don't do it again. This is one of those things, right? I used to do 19 triplicate form inspections in one day and called myself a hero. And then I used to write a one-line task in QuickBooks and say that I inspected. I didn't. That scared the hell out of me that there's now houses out there right now that my name is on or my company name is on that said it's good to go. And I had no idea what I was doing. That's, that's not only is that not professional, it's not ethical, right? That I'm out there charging people money, calling myself an expert, and that's all they got. That can't happen in this day and age. So constant, never-ending improvement is my game. I'm always out there looking for what's what's the better way, what's the better mousetrap, how can I make the, my company can't stand it because I come in every five minutes with a change. I'm like, hey, we're going to try this now. This is new and it's better. They're like, we just got used to this. I don't care because if I'm going to call myself a professional, if I'm going to call myself an expert, if I'm going to call my technicians, my employees, experts and professionals and put them out there charging top dollar, 
I've got to make sure they're providing the right value. I'm not just going to jack the price up and then just do it on a paper form because that's unethical. That's not who I am. And hopefully you're not either. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not. (laughs) But uh, my favorite triplicate form story, it wasn't even mine. I have a a ton of them that I probably should tell you that I don't want to. So I'll tell you somebody else's. Uh, About three, four years ago, I got called out to an inspection uh, the lady said, you had another company out here. Uh, he swept our fireplace and he says, we can't use it. And, you know, it's now November. We would like to get this fixed. So we don't really trust him. We want you to come out as a second opinion. I'm like, sweet. I love these calls. I get to play hero. So here I come. A month goes by though, because of course this is busy season. I can't come out tomorrow. So a month goes by between her calling and me showing up at her door. I was like, hi, my name's John. And I heard that you had your fireplace swept. She goes, yep. Guy came out, swept the fireplace. Uh, came down and told me that I can't use it, something about something's broken, and he handed me this. And she hands me over one of those carbon copy triplicate forms. I'm like, oh, goody, <laughs> we got a professional on our hands. I'm like, let me take a look at this. I look at it, and sure enough, there's like a bunch of X's, satisfactory, not satisfactory, and he checked a bunch of boxes, nine by nine, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, whatever. I get down to the paragraph where he wrote his his professional inspection report. It was maybe four lines and it was chicken scratch like we all do in the busy season. We don't have time for that. And I'm trying to read it. It's like deciphering a doctor's prescription, right? That doctor's handwriting. I'm like, what does that say? And I'm like, flew. Okay, swept fire. Okay, swept fireplace. I got that. Okay, swept fireplace. Um, uh, I think that says inspected, flew, broken, do not use and do not use was written in the clearest handwriting in all capital letters and underlined. I'm like, whoa, okay. So I'm getting the same picture she's getting. Swept the fireplace, flu's broken, do not use. Boom. And then the price. I was like, all right. So I go up on the roof. I'm like, let's see what we got going on. My technician and I go up on the roof. We take the uh, the cap off the fireplace flu and we look down. Pristine. I mean, like you can still, you can tell that it was swept and he was there. So you can see the brush marks. Uh, it was clean. All the joints are in line. All the joints have mortar in them. I can see top to bottom. It was only a one-story house, so it wasn't that far. I'm like looking around. I'm like, oh, and I'm starting to get mad now. I'm like, okay, this guy comes out and he's going to take this lady for all she's got. You know, oh, you need to have your chimney fixed. And I'm up there just ranting. I'm like, this, these people, and this is what's wrong with this industry. And, and the whole time my technician behind me is like, why don't you check the other flu? I'm like, other flu? What other flu? And there's another flu. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's another flu. I was like, yeah, I guess. These freaking people, man, I just can't. I'm putting the cap back on. I'm like, this lady could have been using her fireplace all this time. Put the cap on, go over, and I take the cap off the boiler flu. Boiler flu, and I look down, the flu has completely collapsed. It has lost its integrity. Tiles have broken completely apart, and it's fallen to the side because the chimney was one big cavity. There was no wife fallen to the side against the inside of the chimney so that it was now venting into the underside of the crown. And it clicked. I went, oh no. And I ran back down inside and said, can I see that paper again? She goes, yeah. And I looked at it again after being on her roof in the snow and taking off two caps and looking down. Then it clicked for the person that does this for a living. Swept the fireplace, inspected the boiler flue, tiles have deteriorated do not use then i could read it i'm like lady your fireplace is fine she goes what and i'm going to stop right there and i'm going to bring you back to last week's episode right it is so much more important for your office to explain to the people calling what exactly we do for a living than you understand if you're out there just setting fireplace sweepings and going out and trying to do this job it's confusing as hell i gotta tell you the homeowner doesn't know 90% of the time, they have boilers and furnaces and water heaters venting into the chimney. They know they have boilers and furnaces and water heaters. They know that. They don't know where they go. They don't know how they vent. That's our job. But when they call you for a fireplace sweep and you go out and sweep the fireplace and you tell them you swept the fireplace, don't use it, where do you think their mind is? Yeah, it's on the fireplace. So, that's exactly what happened here. This guy got called out, small time. He's one of those guys that only shows up in the in the winter, right? He disappears the whole rest of the year and probably does landscaping or, or tree trimming. And then the winter comes, he's like, oh, I can make some extra money. I got a brush and a ladder. And he goes out with his triplicates and here we are. I never hear from him unless it's October or November. But that's what he did. He goes out to sweep this lady's fireplace, knew enough to look down the other flue and saw that they were in danger. But then that's as far as he went. He was like... 
whoa, uh, you need to get this. He probably didn't know how to do it because he's a sweep. He's, that's all he does is three months out of the year with a brush. So he probably didn't even know how to fix it, which is why he half-assed his little napkin receipt. And he left. He left. I mean, this is... If you're listening and you're not in the Northeast, you're not somewhere where people have boilers and furnaces, this is whole house heating equipment. This is a massive toxic gas spewing appliance that vents uh, through the house usually in these clay flues and it heats the whole home. These are whole home heating equipment, sometimes more than one. We go to a lot of homes that have a furnace and a water heater or a boiler and a water heater, sometimes two furnaces into the same eight by eight flue and they're not designed to take it. Time and time again, these flues will just deteriorate without being looked at to the point that they completely collapse inside the chimney and block it. Block it. There was somebody that died. There was a family that died here in New Hampshire. Three people died in a home. And the news, we have a local news station here. They called it a CO event. CO event kills three. Anyway, in sports, and they just kept on going. I happened to know people, and I found out that was due to a poor installation of a chimney. And the flue collapsed. And it blocked it, and the CEO came back in the house and killed them. That was a chimney issue, and nobody. I even called the news station. I said, "Hey, do you guys know that that story that you had on this morning was due to a chimney not being uh, repaired properly?" I can go on. I'm I'm CSIA, and I'm uh, the local business owner and state guild, and I can explain it. And they're like, "Yeah, okay, no thanks." Anyway, let's go talk about uh, you know the Patriots, and they just moved on. Nobody cares. I'm working really hard to fix that, but. That CO event was a chimney flue that nobody looked at, that the HVAC company didn't know they were supposed to look at. The flue collapsed, blocked it, killed three people. This is a real problem we're dealing with here. And this poor sweep found it, didn't know what to say, wrote it on a napkin, handed it to the lady, and then a month later I show up. Oh my God, I'm like, let's stop everything and start over. You have two flues in your chimney. She goes, I do? I said, yeah. You got the one for you, and I'm using my hands. I talk a lot with my hands. If you've seen me in person or met me, it's just what I am. But it helps in this sense because I can now point at the wall, right? You need to remember your homeowners, when they call you for a fireplace, all they know is that two by three square they can see sitting at their couch. That's all they know about their fireplace. They don't know what a smoke chamber is. They don't know what a damper plate is. They don't know what an ash pit is. That's your job to explain it to them. But all they know is that box. Can I put a fire in it when you leave? That's it. So I use my hands a lot. I'm always pointing above the fireplace. Right above your fireplace here, Mrs. Smith, is a flue. That's the flue for your fireplace. He did sweep it. He didn't take you and, and, and scam you. He did actually do what he said he was going to. We swept it. It looks good. I inspected it top and bottom. You can use it right now. You actually could have used it as soon as he left. She's like, what? So he lied? No, he didn't lie. My hands are on the other side of the wall now. Over here, you have another flue. And she's like, Why? And I pointed at the floor. I was like, do you have a boiler or a furnace or a water heater? She goes, yeah, we've got a furnace and a water heater. I said, let's go downstairs. We go downstairs and she's looking at this thing that she's walked by a hundred times. And I'm like, see, this pipe goes into the wall. She goes, yeah. I was like, that's your chimney. She goes, oh my God, it is? Yeah, it is. Pull the pipe off and sure enough, a ton of tile pieces fall out in my hand. I'm like, it's blocked. We need to get this line like today. And she started crying. That's our job. <laughs> I don't know how to get that through to people that are out there just throwing brushes up and down flues thinking they're changing the world because they made an extra $99 today at this house. It's, no, I used to be that guy. And I'm telling you right now, that guy is the scammer. I was a scammer going out there and just sweeping and running. That's not our job. Your job is to inspect the chimney first and foremost, per the standard, per the code, and explain it to the customer in a way they understand what's going on and then show them how to fix it. So I'm going to fix it. Don't just say, yeah, it's broken. Don't use it. Bye. Call somebody else because in the busy season, that might be a month and who knows what's going to happen in that month. Ooh, I'm getting hot and bothered about this. But this is what I'm talking about. This is when I realized that inspections is the game here. Inspections is what we're supposed to do. And if you read our standard, the standard says, have your chimney inspected annually, swept if necessary. We still have people today that call us, I need my chimney swept. Why? I just, it's that time of year. Did you use it? No, I haven't used it in three years. I need to sweep. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I don't know where this is coming from. We as chimney sweeps have scared people into calling for their sweeping because fire, even if you don't use it. No, no, it needs to be inspected. You got toxic gases and water hitting these chimneys. That's the problem. And that's going to happen whether you use it or not, whether you call us or not. And then sometimes it can get really, really bad. So, 
yeah, I just, <laughs> that's, I'll get off of that because I could go on this for the rest of the night. Long story short with that lady, we got the liner in, we fixed it, and she never heard from the other guy again because he's probably off cleaning gutters somewhere because that's not his job. It's mine and it's yours listening to this. So when you go out to somebody's home and you inspect their chimney, we do it too to this day. I'm not, I'm picking on this guy because that's like the worst of the worst, but we do it all the time in my own company. I know we do. We don't explain it well. We go out and we get tunnel vision. It's the busy season. It's cold. We want to go home. It's three o'clock on a Friday getting dark. I've been there. I know. And I know you do too. But this might be the first time when you're in somebody's home that they have heard the truth. The last guy out there might have just run a brush. The last guy out there might have written on a napkin illegibly and then left. And they're like, whatever. We can. He said we can light it. Let's light it. They don't understand. So when you're there, don't half-ass it. Don't rush through it. Whatever you find, explain it to them. We, as chimney technicians, we deal with problems nobody expected in places they've never seen using words they've never heard of. <laughs> like, think about, I, I love this example when I'm in classes. If I was to say to you, your unparged, corbelled smoke chamber needs to be parched. Everybody here is nodding like, yeah, absolutely. That's a code problem. Yeah, we got to get that efficiency. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. A homeowner has no idea what I just said. None. My corbelled what now? It's got to be what? Like my phone doesn't even recognize parge. I had to add it in there because it's like, did you mean fart? I don't know what it tried to say. It doesn't know what parged means. That's not a word that anybody else outside of our trade would know. Yet time and time again, we sit in front of people and we're like, oh, yeah, that your smoke chamber is corbelled and uh, it's got some uh, nooks and crannies in there. It's not parged like the code said. We've got to parge it. Nobody has any idea what you just said, but you think you're going to make a sale because you're all excited. Don't do that. Don't be that guy, right? When I talk with my hands, I start pointing. So you're right here above your chimney or above your fireplace. You have an upside down martini glass. You have an upside down funnel, whatever you want to call it. And I start using my hands, making this house shape. And that's designed to take all of the smoke from here. And I'm pointing at the fireplace. All your smoke has got to be funneled up and into the flue, which is right about here. And I'm pointing at the ceiling. Now, and I'll start making little jagged edges. Now this is upside down and it's got these uh, jagged edges in it that aren't supposed to be there. It wasn't supposed to be the one it was made. The guy that made it didn't know what he was doing. I don't care what I say. I have to explain to them that here's what it's supposed to do. Here's what it's currently doing. Here's what it needs to do. Here's how we fix it. And the key, the key that a lot of us forget, here's what happens if we don't fix it. That goes for anything. So many people get caught up in their cap sales. I'm going to go sell caps. I sell caps. Outside mount, stainless steel, lifetime warranty, blah, 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 blah. Homeowners don't give a shit. You're not selling a car, dude. And a lot of us, I had a guy working for me that did it. So excited about all the caps that he was selling. I'm like, dude, you're not selling caps. I had another technician told me that he talked somebody into a liner. He was proud of it. He comes in, he's like, John, John, I talked somebody into a liner today. And I said, what the hell did you just say? He's like, what? I was like, you didn't talk anybody into anything. Oh, yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I showed him all the pictures and I explained it and I told him and, and he signed up because I talked him into it. I was like, you got the wrong mindset to work for me. If you're going to sell a cap, if you're going to talk somebody into a liner, you're in the wrong company for damn sure. And I think you're in the wrong industry. We're not selling vacuums or steak knives here, right? And I actually have done that kind of a job. I used to work for an in-home sales company selling water treatment systems in Florida. And for those that don't know, everybody in Florida needs a water treatment system because the water is terrible. You can't drink it without having something attached to your house. That was my job to sell it. But I didn't just sell it. I was supposed to go in there and put on a giant production and explain everything away and make it look like I was testing their water when in reality I was trying to sell them a $7,000 water softener. So I've been there and I know what that looks like. This job is not that. Our job is not to talk people into things and force them. And no, <laughs> no, our job is to inspect. The homeowner doesn't know that. So, okay, yes, I'll give you that. We're up against it a little bit. We all know we have to have our teeth inspected every year. So we do. We all know we're supposed to have our car inspected every year. So we do. We know we're supposed to have our HVAC systems inspected every year. So we do. Nobody knows they're supposed to have their chimney inspected. They think they're supposed to have it swept. And they're like, well, we didn't use it much last year. So let's leave it alone. Meanwhile, birds are building nests. The crown is cracked. The flashing and it's going to have a leak. And But they didn't have it. They didn't use it. So they don't have to call us. They don't know they need to have it inspected. So start changing that mindset in the customer both when they call you and when you advertise to them. 
have your chimney inspected every year. When I sat down and did my commercial or my TV commercial uh, workshop with the TV station, I was sitting in front of these three guys in suits and they were all made way more money than me. (laughs) They actually, funny story, when I came in, I helped um, the the lady that I was working with carry the food upstairs because she had lunch brought in. And I was wearing jeans and boots and a a plaid shirt, baseball cap, pretty much what I wear every single day. And she asked me to carry the food. I was like, sure. So I walked in carrying the food, put it down. And there's these three guys in like thousand dollar suits staring at me. And they kind of nodded. And I just stood there and somebody tried to tip me. They thought it was the food delivery guy. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm here to talk about commercials with you. Like, oh, so that's what I'm up against, right? And they're like, okay, tell me what you do. So as I am wont to do, I just start talking. It didn't stop. Started out with sweeping, started with how I got into it, started out with all this stuff. And they're kind of nodding. And then I got on to boilers. And they're like, tell us more about that. So I did. And by the time I had finished talking about a lot of what I just talked about here and this and even that and even more, I had all three of these guys, these $1,000 suit, $1,000 watch guys that are all trying to you know, talk me into sales. They all put their pens down. They all leaned back. They all folded their arms. They all looked straight up at the ceiling. And this one guy goes, and he, he has his hands up in the air, and like he's rearranging furniture in his house. And he's like, my fireplace is on this wall. And the chimney is on that wall. And underneath, oh my God, underneath my fireplace is where my boiler is. And I said, yeah, that's usually how it goes. And he goes, does that mean my boiler goes into my chimney too? I was like, yeah, most likely. And he leans over and he goes, can I get your card? And I was like, yeah. And I reached for it. And the other two guys were like, can, can I get it too? And I'm over here, like they're wanting to call me to set up sweeping appointments during a sales meeting because they didn't even realize what their chimneys did. That's how important this is, people. We're not in the sweeping game. We're in the inspecting game. We're inspectors. That's what the code calls for. That's what every chimney calls for, really. And they said that in that meeting. They said, don't ever put a commercial out talking about sweeping. I said, okay, whatever you say. They said, don't do that. Everybody's going to call you for sweeping anyway. They said, put out a commercial with what you just told us. And I was like, oh, okay. And I did. And our company exploded from it. My commercials are all about boilers and furnaces and liners. I have sweeping commercials. I have cap commercials. They run once in a while. A lot of my marketing now that goes out is about boilers because that's why people will call when they don't think they have to. That's what we're doing is selling inspections, not sweepings. So anyway, I kind of beat that to death. What I really want to get to though, when I talk about inspections is, yeah, we go out and we follow the code and we just write down all the measurements and we document, we take the pictures, but when I talked about in-home salesmen, like the steak, the steak knife guys and the vacuum guys, I mean that. There's guys in my area right now. There's guys that used to work for me that I fired that now work for a competing company that all they care about is sales. And that's why they don't work for me anymore. Those two stories I told you about, the kid that was talking to people in the liners, he doesn't work for me anymore. He works for a competitor. Uh, the kid that was so proud about caps, he doesn't work for me anymore either. Uh, we actually, funny story, we followed behind him. He works for another company now. Customer called us and they said, we want a second opinion. We said, okay. She goes, yeah, the last guy that came out, uh, I called him to sweep my fireplace and he walks in the front door and he goes, you need a cap. (laughs) She goes, excuse me, I got a cap up there. He goes, yeah, those caps are crap. You can get those at Home Depot. No, you need a cap and I'm going to get you a cap. We're going to get it all nice and and powder coated for you. She goes, can you sweep my fireplace? He's like, yeah, 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 sure. (laughs) Which is why it doesn't work for me anymore. I I had another guy that I hired him on. He used to work down in Boston. And I thought he was going to be this great, wonderful replace me. And he was so worried about stove sales because I didn't pay commission at the time. I paid hourly and he wanted commission. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he said, well, you should because you're missing out. And I'm like, no, I don't do that. We do inspections. That was before I learned how to do piece rate. Long story. Anyway, the only thing I did pay commission on was sales or I'm sorry, was stove sales. So wouldn't you know it, every time this guy went out, he had a terrible closing rate. He would have like a 10% closing rate. He made less money working for me in six months than uh, this brand new kid did. It was it was bad. Numbers were terrible until I went back and I looked. I'm like, what is wrong here? Every single home he went to for working for me. Somebody wants a fireplace sweeping. Somebody wants a boiler sweeping. Somebody wants a cap. Didn't matter what the reason was that he went out to. Every single one of his jobs had a stove sale on it. Every estimate had a stove. Even customers that called us for a wood stove sweeping somehow managed to end up with a, a wood stove on their estimate. I'm like, what? The? I realized what he was doing. That's how he wanted to make money. He was going to sell stoves. Don't sell working for Caesar Chimney. You'll be fired faster than, than any other way. That's dumb. 
but we are not salesmen. Now, and I've said this before, I have a whole class talking about free estimates and I get a lot of people riled up because like, it works for me. If you're an hourly small business chimney company and you're paying your technicians hourly, don't pay for sales, don't have salesmen and don't do free estimates. I'm going to do a whole nother episode about all this stuff later. Now, if you're bigger and you have full-time inspectors and full-time salesmen and full-time estimators and you deal with things like actual stoves and you have people calling you, hey, I'd like to get my stove fixed, absolutely free estimates and and paying salesmen, salespeople for that is is fine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you run a chimney company and you send out people to do NFPA level inspections, you're not salesmen. You're not. And if you are, you're wrong. You're not there to sell. Let me explain why. The inspection sells itself, right? And that's it, it's such an easy thing to wrap your head around and, unless you can't. And I've had guys that can't. They'll go out and they're like, like the I talked the, the customer into the liner guy. I know what he meant. He meant well. He was he was excited. He did talk them into it, but he the inspection talked them into it. Because if you go to someone's home and you're like, yes, Mrs. Smith, uh, we finished up your fireplace sweeping. It, uh, it's all good to go. We got a little bit more creosote this year than last year. So, you know, maybe we should look at your wood pile and, and talk about, you know, opening a window, blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're talking service. You're there to serve them in what they called for. You're like, yep, we swept your fireplace. Everything's good to go. The damper's been closed. I did want to mention, however, when I was up on your roof, uh, here, take a look at these pictures. Uh, your cement crown up top that's designed to shed water off the top of your chimney. Uh, it's got a giant crack running down the middle of it. Here, take a look at that. And they'll go, oh my God, wow. That, that was not there last year. Here's a picture from last year because hopefully you're doing a really good inspection and you have that stuff saved. We pull up pictures. Here's what it looked like last year. No crack. Here it is this year, massive crack. I can put a quarter in there. The problem with that is every time it rains or snows, you're going to get water down inside the chimney. Uh, and then who knows where it's going to go after that. So we got to get that fixed for you. Also, uh, there is no cap. We mentioned that last year. Uh, if there was a cap, chances are this crack probably might not have formed and might not have been as big because it'll, it'll keep the water off of there. So we're going to give you another estimate to put a cap up there because that's going to keep the water uh, from getting down inside the flues, down the side of the chimney, inside that crack. I just served that customer. I did what they called me for. I swept their fireplace and I explained it to them. And then I said, oh, by the way, I found this. And here's how it happened. And here's how we fix it. And here's what happens if you don't. That's what I just did in that example right there off the top of my head. That's what I do every single day when a customer's home. I said nothing about stainless steel. I said nothing about full coverage. I said nothing about lifetime warranty. I said nothing about 316 titanium infused. No. No, I'm not selling a freaking BMW over here. It's got the roll-up windows and a sunroof and a new leather interior. They don't care. The customer cares. How are you going to fix my problem? Oh, I have a problem I didn't know about? Okay, now I can explain the problem to you, then tell you how to fix the problem, and I'll tell you what happens if you don't fix the problem. Because I'm a service technician. I'm not selling you caps. I'm not selling you liners. Now, if you want to talk about powder coating it or getting some fancy ridges on it, yeah, we can talk about that because it's a design thing. Fine. But the fact that you need a cap, period, that's service. The fact you need your crown fixed, your flashing fixed, your bricks, your mortar, your flue, that's service. If you do a actual inspection and you communicate well with your customer, they want to fix their home. This is your home, their home that you're dealing with here, right? You walked into their home. They don't want water coming in. They don't want smoke coming in. They don't want fire happening. They don't want issues. They, don't, they want their house to run like it's supposed to. If you explain it to them the right way, the next question out of every single one of their mouths is, how do I get this fixed? Well, I mean, here's the here's our price, and here's uh, when we can get it in the schedule. We're kind of backed up right now, but we could probably get it as soon, you know, maybe two, three weeks. Um, yeah, that's it. And they're like, okay, can you do it? Well, can you call the office? We don't actually do that. We're just the technicians. Give the office a call. They can find a spot in the calendar, take your deposit. I used to do that in the home, to schedule everything, because I was Mr., you know, uh, the the business owner, I'm going to do everything here and help you out. Cause I can do everything now, even though if I'm the owner, I'll walk in there. Like, I don't know how to do that. I'm sorry. You have to call the office. Thanks. Bye. Very low pressure sales. I'm not there trying to get same days cash and sign up now and we'll take half off. And no, it's very low pressure. If I walk in, I'm like, Hey, uh, your chimney needs this and this, and this is going to cost you about this much. Um, and if you don't, it, it could get worse. So we really should get that taken care of. And they're like, 
oh, well, when can you do it? I don't actually know. Uh, our schedule is kind of crazy right now, but if you call the office, they can take care of it for you. Thanks. Have a nice day. Bye. You know how many times I've said that and I'm not even out of the driveway and I got the office calling me, hey, where are we supposed to fit this? They're trying to book. I'm like, I don't know. It's your job. <laughs> no, not really. Kind of. Anyway, that's how this goes. You're not selling anything. You're serving. Explain to, you know what else? Oh God. What else I heard once? I was in a, a convention, if you want to call it that. And I sat in the class where the, the guy that was running the convention put on a sales class. I'm like, let's sit in this. I actually had my entire company in it at the time. There was five or six of us in the class. And it was how to sell better. I'm like, guys, we don't sell, but let's try to take some tidbits. So like, we got you. I'm like, okay. Guy starts talking. And I forget what the first point was. He had three points to his class. Second point, though, sent me for a loop. He starts teaching certified chimney professionals how to red tag, I'm sorry, yellow tag appliances. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? And I'm just, my texts are all looking at me and I'm like, oh, don't look at me. I don't know what to say right now. And he keeps going. He's talking about yellow tagging. Don't red tag because that's offensive or scary or whatever. He goes, you want them to really think about uh, what you said. And, you know, you, you shouldn't use this and put a tag on it. And you, even though we're not, he even said it, we're not allowed to, it doesn't hold any water. Still do it because you're going to brainwash them into calling you to get it fixed. And I stood up. I'm like, excuse me. You know, for those that don't know, we are not the chimney police. There is no such thing. We have the NFPA 211, which tells us how to inspect. And we have the IRC and the NFPA, which tells us how things should be. However, you have no jurisdiction, zero, when you're in a customer's home to tell them what they can and can't do. We have no authority to red tag, yellow tag, blue tag. You hang a tag on that saying, do not use, and you might get a call from a lawyer because you need to back that up. You can't. Don't do that to our industry. If you have to resort to selling or scaring you're terrible at this job. I'm going to say that again in case anybody thinks I misspoke. If you have to sell or scare in a customer's home doing this industry that we're in, you are terrible at it and shouldn't be doing it. And I stand by that because I've had those people work for me. I've worked with those people. I've seen those people. I've talked to those people. I know that I hope there's not those people listening. You might be. But if you know somebody like that, tell them John Caesar said so, because that makes our industry look terrible. When you go into someone's house to sweep their fireplace and the first thing out of your mouth is stove or cap, or if you have to tag somebody's appliance to brainwash them into getting their, oh my God, like that's, this is happening in our industry right now. Let me give it the other side. Let me give you uh, what happened to me. We used to have very black and white language in our inspections because we had uh, like I told you, different softwares that wouldn't let us kind of, it wouldn't breathe with us. It was just, it is what it is. And I wanted to make it simple. So our inspection says you can slash cannot use this or do or do not or something like that. It was very black and white. And I told my technicians at the end of doing your report, just delete one of the other, either delete cannot. So it'll say can or delete can and say, so it cannot, whatever. And that was it. So middle of October, uh, I send out a couple technicians, newer technicians, to go out and do an inspection on a three-flue chimney. They called us for the fireplace sweeping, and they had a wood stove, and they had a boiler. They go out and they do the inspection. One of them sweeping the fireplace. The other one starts inspecting top and bottom. There's no cap. The crown is cracked. Everything's bad. The inside is torn up. The wood stove actually needed to be swept as well. The guy's like, nah, don't worry about that. We're not going to use it. We're like, okay. He gets to the boiler flue. Massive crack running down the inside of it, separated tiles. So what does he do? He does inspection report, gets down to the bottom, and he deletes the word do. So now the report reads, do not use this chimney as is. He gives it to him. He goes on about his day, and he gets uh, to the next appointment. Next appointment, he gets back at the end of the day, and there's a phone call that I that I get. And the customer goes, hi, uh, your technicians are out today. I was like, yep. And he goes, yeah, they came out and they talked to my wife and they explained everything. I was like, yep. Okay, good. And he goes, yeah, so uh, we understand everything. When can you fix it? And I'm like, well, let me take a look at our calendar. I mean, right now is October. We're kind of busy. I mean, right now I'm thinking probably like first week of December, maybe. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. That's six weeks out. And I was like, yeah, I know. We're kind of busy. This is a hard time for us. And he goes, no, no, no. I don't think you understand, sir. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And he goes, your technician told my wife that our flu is damaged and cannot contain the products of combustion, and we need this fixed because we shut our boiler off. 
and it's October and it's going to be 36 tonight. Are you coming out tomorrow or do I have to find somebody else? Um, I had never had that happen before. (laughs) I was completely sideways. I'm like, you want us to come out tomorrow? And he goes, yes. Your guy explained all the issues to my wife and he told her, do I'm reading it right now. It says, do not use as is. So we shut it off and we're going to run some space heaters or get a hotel tonight. Are you coming out tomorrow? And I'm like, yes, sir. We are. We absolutely are. And I had to, what am I going to say to that? We said, don't use. That's the power of an inspection report. If you do it right, if you inspect what you're supposed to and you clearly communicate with the customer, you tell them what the problem is, you tell them the problem you found, how we're going to fix that problem, and what happens if they don't. And then you walk away. You leave. You've done your job. Your job is not to beat them over the head, ask for a deposit, give them money off, try to get a different color on their cap, try to get them a new stove because this one's three years old. Forget all that. We're not the chimney police. We're not in-home salesmen. We're not uh, building inspectors with the authority to shut stuff down. We're not. Go in there and talk to your customer like you won't want to be talked to if somebody came to your house. That's it. That's the big, bad, golden secret to our job. The first thing is go out and get educated. Go find out what you're supposed to be inspecting if you don't know. If you're using something that's paper or using something that's just check a box here, you're wrong. It's not good. Go find education. It's out there. Once you learn how to do it, find a system that you can work with. There's Chimspec, there's Bare Hands, there's all these programs out there now made for you to just plug and play. It'll make you a better technician at it. And then when you have that, don't scare or sell. Just don't do it. I'm telling you, it's a bad look. It's a bad look on you and it's a bad look on our industry if you have to beat people over the head. I still get that. People are like, oh, you're going to do an inspection, huh? Yeah, okay. The last guy came out and did an inspection. He was just trying to shove stainless steel down my throat. Yeah, I don't need any of that, buddy. Thanks. I'll call someone else. I still get those calls because somebody else out there was an asshole. (laughs) And that sucks for that homeowner because now he has a bad taste in his mouth about our industry because somebody went out there and threw a brush for 15 minutes and tried to talk about 316 stainless steel lifetime warranty. You know how often I have to mention the titanium-infused stainlessness of our lifetime warranty? No. No, I don't when I'm in a house. I just explain to him, hey, see this this right here? Don't point at their wall that's running through your bedrooms, through your house. It's broken. You ever you try to use a hose that's got a hole in it? They're like, oh, yeah. You ever try to drink out of a straw that's cracked? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what you got right here. And every time your boiler kicks on downstairs, it's it's not all getting out. And I just stare at him. I'm not scaring them. I'm not trying, like, don't tell people they're going to not wake up in the morning. Let them understand that. And I'll have them say that. Am I going to die? No, it's an exterior chimney. It's on the outside. The chance of that getting inside your home, very slim. They'd have to get through the brick, through the, the siding, through the wood, through the sheetrock into your home. Slim could happen. But what I'm worried about is the fact that as those gases now escape the flu, it's now going to travel up the inside of your chimney. And all that that deterioration you've seen at the top, all that the repointing you called us for, the moss, the the crown cracking, all of that, that's going to get worse. That's what's going to happen. Because all these gases are not meant to sit inside the chimney and pool. They're meant to get up and out as fast as possible. And the longer they stay inside your chimney, the more it's going to break your chimney. And then you're going to get more bricks in your yard. That's what could happen. So I'm not there to scare people, tell them they're going to die. That's not what this job is either. I've also had those people work for me too. That's not what we're about. Explain to them. In words they understand, I call it third grade language, and I don't mean that demeaningly. I just say it because everybody understands when I say it. Use third grade language. You ever used a hose with a hole in it? You ever drank out of a straw with a crack in it? We all have. <laughs> That's how they understand. Don't don't scare them and talk over their heads and then think they're going to buy just because you've got like five certification patches on your sleeve. That's not like like that's not realistic. So. That's my inspection process. That's how we don't sell is we go out there and we just talk their language. We explain it to them. Um, (laughs) There was another story I forgot to tell. I'll squeeze it in here at the end just to kind of cement that point. But uh, a couple of years ago, our heating system in the the building that we lease broke and stopped pumping heat. And that's all I knew. I'm not an HVAC guy and it's hanging from the ceiling and it's gas. So literally those are three things that I have no idea about because you don't do gas. I don't do HVAC and I'm not getting up there to play with it. So I called an HVAC guy. Guy comes out and I'm in the office and I'm like bouncing back and forth between phone calls and emails and putting out fires. And guy comes in and he's holding on to his cell phone. And he goes, ah, and he's shaking his head. 
I was like, yeah, what's going on? Well, Mr. Caesar, I mean, just, you're not going to believe this. And he throws the phone. He didn't throw it, but he hands me the phone and I look at it and it's like almost black, very dark. I thought the phone was off until I looked and I'm like, oh, that's a picture. But he had stuck his hand inside something up in there and he took a picture through the middle of this dark picture was a darker line. And I'm like squinting, looking at it. And I'm like, what's that? And he starts using words like turbo encabulator. Yeah, your turbo encabulator's up there. I mean, those things usually they're, you know, you know, they're pretty good. But if you get one that doesn't have a good gasket on the seal end on the, on the, and I'm like, what? And he goes, see right there. And he points at the picture at the line going through the middle of his dark screen. And I said, yeah. And he goes, that's a crack. <laughs> and I kind of, I, li- I literally laughed at him because this was running through my head. I'm like, you don't say. He goes, yeah, yeah, it happens once in a while. It's not not normal. It's a pretty newer uh, appliance up there, but, you know, it, it, it's cracked. So, I mean, it's going to cost about five grand. And I said, okay. And he kind of stared at me. <laughs> he didn't expect that. He goes, okay. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's got to get fixed, right? He's like, well, 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 yeah. And I could tell he was waiting for me to start asking questions and trying to like, what's a turbo encabulator and a gasket fitting? And how does that, I don't care. Honestly, I was in the middle of this busy season and I got, and I need my stuff heated and you're here. So let's go. I got the money for it. I don't know what to tell you. But in that moment, looking at a blank, dark phone with a line running through the middle, might've been a hair on a screen for all I know. And he's using all these fancy words, turbo encabulator. And he did exactly what I know I've done to homeowners. I know. I have stood in somebody's home and said, oh, yeah, your terracotta clay tile up there, fire-rated thermal shock. Uh, yeah, it's got a crack in it. It's going to cost about five grand. We're going to use stainless steel. It's a pre-insulated lifetime warranty on it, so you're going to have to worry about that. They'll get you an insurance card on the way out. I know I've done that like an idiot. Now I know what it feels like on the other side of it because that guy could have had a hair on his phone. It could have been a picture of his butt crack for all. I don't know because he handed me a phone, said crack, and said five grand, and I said do it. Is that what you're doing to your customers? Do you go in there and just spout off a bunch of code knowledge because you went and took a class at a hotel and now you, you expect them just to sign on the dotted line? Some will, like me, because I need it done and I got the money. Fine. A lot of people won't. A lot of people are going to go, oh, okay, good. yeah, send me a quote and I'm going to get another uh, a second opinion. Second opinion means they didn't understand what you said and they don't want to sound stupid and ask you questions that make them feel stupid. They're not going to do that. If you make them feel stupid, they're not going to spend any amount of money with you. No one knows what a turbo encabulator is. The same way that nobody knows what a, an uncorbled or a corbled smoke chamber or an unparred smoke chamber or a, or a terracotta clay fire-rated flute tiles. Nobody knows what that is. That's your job, not theirs. Tell them why they need it. Tell them what happened. Explain to it in third grade language you'll understand. Answer their questions and you'll get a lot more work done. And that's all I got. I could beat this this horse to death, I tell you what, because it's just, I see it every day, not just in other companies. I'm talking about my own. We get busy. I know, I get it. We get tired, we get cold, we want to go home, and we're like, yeah, it's another broken liner, sign up, call the office, bye. I know, it happens. If you're one of my technicians listening, I've been there too. But fix it. Be better. I have a technician at my uh, company that, that heard it somewhere else, but now he, every day is, it's chimney day, and he screams it, and he's all excited about it, and and I always like when he finishes our meetings. I'm like, hey, Eric, let's hear it. He's like, it's Chimney Day. Because it is. I heard that from Chuck Hall. Chuck Hall said it once in the middle of a, a class at a convention, screamed it out up there in his suit. It's Chimney Day. What that means is, to you, this might be the 400th appointment you've been to. It might be the third or fourth of your day. It might be the 20th of the week. It might be the, the 20th fireplace in a row that you've seen that needs a new liner or a new parging. It might be, you might have seen these 100 times like we all have. But it's the first time for you, this homeowner. They've waited probably four to six weeks for you to come out. They called. They saw the reviews. They talked to the girl on the phone. She's like, okay, I guess I need to do two flus when I just want my fireplace swept. They get it. They're like, all right. They waited for you. They know you show up, and then you're just going to go, oh, yeah, this crack five grand. Don't do that. Don't do it. It's chimney day for them. They've waited for you. They have not used their appliance for you. They have they have you know, taken off work for you, and you show up. It's chimney day. Perform an inspection. Look at everything you're supposed to look at. Take your time. Answer the questions. Do a good job. Watch how your company grows. That's all I got. And I honestly don't know what I'm looking or what we're going to talk about next week. So we'll just see what happens. But uh, thank you very much for lending me your ears. And have a great day.